the Defenders podcast, the number one fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Don't you know who I am? Hey, all the Defenders are back. Yay! <laughs> um, guys, I, before we introduce our guests, I have to say something. I, I'm really sorry if any of you guys are feeling a bit faint um, and, you know, uh, a bit wobbly this week because I completely forgot to give you your Easter eggs last week. I'm so sorry. Oh, I need sugar. <laughs> and we're so sorry, guys. Anyway. So, uh, so this week you're going to have double Easter eggs. Uh, I might go into shock. <laughs> you're going to go into a diabetic coma. <laughs> but that will be later. First of all, I'm going to introduce our special guest with some alliteration I'm going to think of off the top of my head. It's the ingenious Ian. Woo! Yay, Yay guys. Hi, Ian. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining ah. us. Um, so I, I wasn't sure about this, so I'm going to ask you. Um, were you are you knowledgeable about Marvel and Daredevil and everything um, before sort of this show came out? Like, what's your knowledge about it? And are you have you watched the entire series? Um, my knowledge of all things Marvel was up until about last year or thereabouts was almost zero. Um, I, I probably picked up the occasional Spider-Man comic as a kid, um, but I never really did the kind of comic book thing. And then just in the last year, thanks to a friendly art teacher in the school that I teach in, um, he began to indoctrinate me and has been giving me all his kind of <laughs> cast off, you know, duplicate comics of things. And I just got right into it and actually got into the comic book art side of stuff, too. So over the last year, I've been doing um, comic book inking and stuff just in my spare time for a bit of fun. Um, I was probably more DC oriented than than Marvel. Um, and it's certainly, I know, I know. I'm sorry. That's no, all right. And Robin's cheering. Their, <laughs> yeah, and I've, uh, I've 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 I think I've only ever read one uh, run of Daredevil comics. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's basically this this whole world was a closed book to me until the show began. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have to confess, I have watched the whole thing. I will be very careful in what I say, um, because I was, I wasn't going to, I knew months ago because Robin is like hyper organized. I knew that I was going to be doing this yeah. and I was, I was, I was like, okay, pace yourself, Mikina, pace yourself. Just, you know, watch one episode, maybe watch two. I knew which one I was going to be talking about and I was going to leave it. I was going to leave it right up to the wire. But it was just so good, I couldn't stop. <laughs> um, so I thought, no, screw this. I'm not going to torment myself any further. I'm just watching the rest of these. So. You're right. Danger I the same thing. Must be mm. nice. Boo-hoo. <laughs> 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 Matt and Mel and Robin. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, oh, are you going to say something now? No. Oh, no, it's an echo. It was me, actually. But I thought it was Mel. Wow. You did it. I think that was you. Sorry, Claire, do you want to say so? No, Claire, it's fine. Actually, you're fine, Claire. Mel's me. Oh. Nothing's in your head. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. There's a little melon in my brain, like in that new Pixar film. <laughs> um, okay, so news this week. There isn't really any news that I've seen. I don't know if our listeners have seen anything. Apart from the fact we still don't have a confirmation of an actor playing Spider-Man. However, 
due to <laughs> the leaked emails from Sony, it's been confirmed that he will be both white and heterosexual. So that's breaking news. It was like shocking. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> so you can expect that. Uh, Peter Parker will be white and heterosexual. Um, uh, somebody going to represent me? <laughs> what, you want a Canadian <laughs> Spider-Man? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I thought the leaked emails were going to say that, you know, Kim Jong-un was going to be playing Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the biggest opening film ever, just because people would have to see it with their own eyes. <laughs> that would be amazing, though. Oh, apparently, though, um, Asa Butterfield is no longer in the running to play Spider-Man, which is interesting, because he was all but confirmed, but um, it's I think it's down to, like, three actors, but... Um, they reckon that there will be an announcement in the next week, but who knows? They kept saying that about nice. Doctor Strange for about a year. So um, the only other news I had. How do you get a surname? Sorry, how do you get a surname like Butterfield? Like when I think of <laughs> names, you know, you think Smith, right? Okay, so that person's their ancestors somewhere back down the line was a blacksmith or something, or you know, or Baker or you know Thatcher or something like that. Butterfield. Did somebody actually have a field? Of, of butter. Of buttercups, maybe. No, they had to, they, their job was to go butter the field. <laughs> <laughs> Before the cows ate it. Before oh, no, the, that would be weird if the cows ate the buttered field. It would be like cannibalism or something. Wow. Oh, i got to get up at the crack of dawn and butter the field. It's got to be cannibalism. It's got to be eating your own milk. Ah, that's just gross. <laughs> oh. <laughs> eating your own lactation. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Is that worse than cannibalism? <laughs> yeah. And we've gone off the rails. Folks. And we're going to talk about cannibalism. Anyway, another little bit of news was that um, two of the actors from Daredevil, Tommy Walker, who plays Francis, and Peter Shikoda, who plays Nobu, will be at LFCC, which is the London Film and Comic Con, next month. Uh, where will I be? I won't be at the London Film and Comic Con because I'll be in New York, so I won't. Gets to meet them. But if anyone's in London listening, you should go meet them. I'm going to send Vicky in my place, I think. She can go and hang out with them. But uh, yeah, so go and go meet them and say hi. Daredevil's in New York. You can interview him. Yes, yes. I'm going to go to Hell's Kitchen. I'm going to find the real Daredevil. <laughs> scour the, the, the rooftops. Well, Claire, you know I his know secret you identity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be clear. I believe in you. I know you can do it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a confession, guys. I do know the address of where Nelson and Murdoch actually is. The exterior. I may go and take a little nerdy photo. When I say I may, I mean I will. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Hey, listen. I, I did the exact same thing when I went to London. I, I, I went to do it outside Henson's, um, Jim Henson oh, yeah. Productions. Uh, place and and took a photo pointing at the side of the door. <laughs> did you do the Kermit freak out? You should have done the flinging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's, that's pretty much what I did when I was in LA. And every time I'm near like Hollywood and I see the Henson Building, I do a little flail, and then I try and beg the security guard to let me inside, and they never do. This flailing mad English woman. That, no way. that should be that should be the secret code to being lit. <laughs> yeah. Flailing your arms like Kermit, and they're like, "All right, you come in." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got as far as I got as far as reception, and uh, and they basically stopped me from that point. But they had sexies in, in reception, oh, not like manning the desk, like you know, <laughs> real life sexies there. Like, mm, <laughs> can we help you? You will not come in. Hmm. A shot. Anyway, we've gone off topic again. 
So, uh, that's, that's a bit of news. The, uh, so we'll get into this episode. So this episode was written by Stephen S. Tonight and Doug Petrie, new show, showrunner Doug Petrie, um, and directed by Nick Gomez. Um, um, we start off with a little kid watching cartoons and then Fisk, uh, rushes Vanessa into hospital and we have a, uh, a tiny nurse standing up to Kingpin. And I drew it oh, apart because awesome. I love the tiny nurse standing up to him. It's so cute. It, it was so brilliant, though. It, it, like, surprise was the only thing that was keeping Fisk from, like, actually ripping her head clean yeah. off. He was so <laughs> stunned. I feel like he doesn't he doesn't beat up women, though. I feel like that's a rule of his. Maybe. So I feel like that's why he didn't lash out at her. I still wish he had thrown Gao off the roof last episode. <laughs> <laughs> she should have flown. <laughs> what, the, what is this? What is this, like, weird, like, diagnosed? Like, she's got sluggish pupils. What is what is that? I've never she's heard just that. Not, not responsive. Sluggish pupils, though. I guess they're not responding to light. Oh, they're responding to light, but not as quickly as not they should. Enough. Yeah, they gotta hit the gym. I, I'm just imagining sluggish pupils. Like, eyeballs, her eyes are coming out of stalks. She's got fat eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Diagnosis: fat eyeballs. <laughs> oh, there's nothing we could do for that. Oh dear, send her away. <laughs> Uh, and I love uh, Leland's, uh, Leland's self-interest in this scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I should get checked out, too, huh? Are you guys, I think I, uh, might have, I was holding a glass. I didn't drink it. But maybe some spilled onto my hand. and uh, It osmosed into yeah. my skin. Yeah. <laughs> it spilled into yeah. my mouth. Matt still suspects Leland. Really? I think he did it, too. Yeah. Mm. Well, skipping ahead... Wesley, like, I think Fisk suspects Gal, uh, Leland suspects yeah. Nobu, and Wesley wisely suspects everyone, because Wesley is. Yeah. Uh, may he rest in peace. orgy of suspicion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like the film clue. Uh, then we get the awesome credits, <laughs> and we go back to Matt at home. Karen visits him uh, with a balloon. Um, and then, I noticed your... Um, <laughs> I noticed here that sometimes I, I, I read sometimes Matt's door is outside. Sometimes it's inside. <laughs> like really? people going to his door. Yeah, they seem to be outside. I did not notice that. Like when Foggy and Karen were banging on it in the middle of the night and all drunk. Oh, they were yeah. outside. <laughs> they were in the hall. That was the, they that's the hall. They weren't outside because there was the neighbor stuck her head out of yeah, the door. She came out, yeah, on the, on the yeah, landing. Yeah, they were in the hall. Yeah, the landing. Door? No, oh. no, it was on the landing. Because, like, the neighbor... I'm, I'm right. Y'all just need to go back and look at it. Uh, excuse me. I've seen these... Uh, that episode is my favorite episode so far. I've seen it about a billion times. I'm that right. You're wrong. Your favorite. Enough. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Anyway. Sorry, I continue. I'm right. So, I have to say, the image of Matt sitting there when Karen leaves, holding a little sad monkey balloon, is, like, the saddest thing I've ever seen in my Why'd life. I thought it was hilarious. Why did she bring the balloon? I guess it was just something to bring, and she probably was just like, oh, this is... Cheer him up? Yeah. Why do you bring anybody a balloon? Balloons are awesome. (laughs) I just like like that she was, like, super worried with a balloon in her hand. I just think that's the most (laughs) hilarious picture. I could understand it if she knew he was already beat up and it was like a hey-get-well balloon, but she didn't even know he was down there. She thought he was hit by a car. Yeah, Yeah, after she saw him, right? No, 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 no. she was told by Fox last week. Foggy, oh. Remember she called and Foggy was like, yeah, he got hit by a car. Oh, right. He yeah, had yeah. to lie. Right. Yeah. I also noticed in this scene that Matt got his guns out for a Karen. You know, usually he's got his guns put away, but this one, this this scene, he got them out. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just for Karen. It was also for the audience, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Got to show off those guns. Also, I thought it was interesting that he puts on his glasses when Karen arrives because his glasses were off. And I, I, and maybe it's me looking too much into it because I've seen it about a billion times. I think it's because he knows that there's about to be some lying and he puts his glasses uh, the on eyes to get a bit more. To the soul. Yeah, I think because he knows he's going to be lying to her, so he covers up his eyes. He's got to give her a cold daredevil face. Yeah, it's true. There is actually, um, you can get t-shirts of stu- and stuff of a little drawing of uh, Matt sitting there holding his little sad monkey balloon. <laughs> it's kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really sad. It's like one of the saddest things ever, just sitting there with a sad little monkey balloon that you can't even see. Aww. Um, so Karen tells Matt about Fisk's mum and he's, you know, not really, you know, he's kind of angry at her for getting Ben involved in stuff, which... Yeah, uh, the way the episode ends, you know, yeah, maybe she shouldn't have got Ben involved in this. Um, so in the you next think? scene... <laughs> yeah. wait, 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 wait. I feel like Fisk's mom gave up the info way, way too fast. Like, I feel like everyone in the nursing home should know about this information. Because she didn't even know Karen and Ben, and she's just like, oh, hey, my son's a killer. So why? what stops her from telling everyone else in the nursing home? Oh. Well, I think maybe... i tell her anything, too. <laughs> everyone in the nursing home kind of doesn't... Isn't asking, like, pressing details about this. No, whereas but Karen they, is. have you ever spoken to an older person? They do the same they, stories they, over they, and over. They, yes, and that, and I've, I've been in nursing homes. Like, I've visited my grandmother. Everybody is so nosy. So nosy. They need to know everybody's business. And it's like they're always at each other's place, like, and asking all these really personal questions. And, mm. oh, you know, like, what's going on? Like, why is this person visiting? Who is this? What's going on? Who died? I need to know everyone. Who died? Who died? Who died? <laughs> Who, died? Who got killed in your life? Yeah. I don't know. I think I maybe it's something to do with plot convenience. Now. Yeah. No, I just yeah. feel like yeah. Maybe she's locked in that room. She's not allowed to leave. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice room. She should have everything she wants. That's not big telly. She, if she's got Netflix, I mean, she's set. You know. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's sitting there watching Daredevil. It's all very meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to the next scene. Now. Boggy wakes up at Marcy's place. <laughs> Can I just point out, guys, that renowned Mr. Lover Lover Man, Matt Murdock, has currently <laughs> had less sex in this series than Foggy Nelson. <laughs> what do you mean, once? Well, yeah. He hasn't had sex <laughs> at all. But I'm like, Matt, who's he slept with? No one. Mr. Lover yeah. Man, shut up. <laughs> Marcy must be oh. great in the sack because she is just the worst person ever. I love Marcy. I love her. She's so awesome. She's like, let me ask you a question. Not that I really care or like you at all. I want to know why she wants Foggy. Like, Foggy must be really good in the sack, too. Uh, that's no, true. I, just, I hate her. I hate how she calls him Foggy Bear. That grosses me out. I just... This scene made me hate Foggy even more. <laughs> How is that possible now? That's just possible. I'm like, seriously, you went back to her. She is the worst. But I, the only redeeming thing about this scene was I just love Karen's uh, picture on the Foggy's phone. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she may she may be obnoxious and objectionable in pretty much every way, but you got this. She's pretty hot. I love her. I think she's great. She's hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. I might quote her later just to annoy you, Mel. All right. <laughs> I'll just plug my ears. 
Well, he says that he's never going to work with Matt again, and 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 Robin cries. Then we go back to Fisk in the waiting room, and Leland and Wesley are discussing Fisk. Um, yep. Francis tells Wesley that three of the others who drank the spike drinks have died, and so Leland is sent to speak to Madame Gal. Hey, so what is what is up with Le- Leland calls Vanessa Little Miss Hairdo? What is that? All- <laughs> like, what, what is about her hair that stuck out about Le- to Leland? Like, yeah, Little Miss Hairdo. Mm. Well, that's because she's a fancy lady. That's why. Yeah. Maybe she could hair do his hair like that. I don't know. A, a particularly weird choice of of nickname to give her. Yeah. I, mean, I, I usually defend Leland. <laughs> I think I don't think it's weird. I think people like will say that when they encounter like somebody that's like you know fancy, you know the little Miss Hairdo over there. You know they they, they think they're all that. Or, I don't know. She and her fancy hair looks brushed. <laughs> I don't know. She like trying to look nice for <laughs> whatever. Um, in the next scene, were you guys excited to have Claire back? Yay! Yay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For the for now, it sounds like we're not going to have her back ever again in this season, at least. Well, oh, I like. Yeah, I like how she's like. I'll always be there when you need me, except for when I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'll always be there when you need me in Daredevil season two. Wink. Bye. <laughs> Don't get beat up from now till then. Or maybe I'll be in Jessica Jones. See you later, Netflix viewers. Bye. <laughs> she winks at the camera. What's up? Uh, with the revolving door, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's she's so right in this scene. I mean, everything she says, and I think good on her because she basically was like, "I can't be with you unless you give this up," and yeah. it's like, "I'm not going to give it up." And she's like, "I know," and she leaves. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, "Good on you for sticking sticking to your guns." Yeah, I like that she doesn't, you know, like just yeah. I I, I really enjoy that she doesn't just have sex with them just because. Mm. You know, it's kind of refreshing. You don't always see that. Yeah, but she did get to see him with his shirt off one more time, so... That's right, yeah, so... He looks like yeah. a stitched-up cadaver. Yeah, he looks like a Frankenstein. Yeah. Luckily, Which I he like. meditates to heal faster. Yeah, well, he learned when he was a kid, so do you want a flashback sure. scene of Stick teaching him to meditate? Just breathe, bad, breathe. Oh, <laughs> no. And then they do yoga together. Aww. <laughs> now we're going to do some Pilates. <laughs> Time for some hot yoga. <laughs> that would be awesome. I want to see that. Season two, please. Um, <laughs> so she once again says he needs to get some I'm kind of body I'm not imagining six, six exercise DVD will be hitting the stores this Christmas. Oh, that's so good. Oh, they do aerobics together. The entire time he has his back to the camera, has no idea. Oh, that'd be awesome. Six, six, oh, so Don't tell him. Just, just let it happen. Exercise. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be in everyone's stick with it. this Christmas. No. Oh, that's terrible. Why is mine terrible? You guys are saying terrible things too. <laughs> You're all terrible. Everyone's yeah. Terrible. So stick it. <laughs> oh, oh I'm leaving. I'm done with <laughs> Yes, one down. <laughs> what did you guys think about I mean, were you excited when she was saying again about body armor? I don't know why she waves her hand in front of his face and I was like, Okay, I don't know what you're doing there. But it was cool that, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, I might actually need some body armor seeing as he's all, you know, cut up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I, I... 
all the body armor talk in this, it just seems weird to me because you never you usually don't hear shows or like superheroes and heroes of any kind talk about their their attire. Mm. Like make a point of the the, the origin, the origin of the attire. You know, they and just usually have they don't get hurt that much. Yeah, usually they just have it. You know, when yeah. you're introduced to them. Oh, it's nice. It's nice to know like what the origin of the outfit would be and. Because he's just a regular guy, you mm-hmm. know. How would you acquire a fancy body protecting suit, you know? Befriend a simple. I've always liked anytime <laughs> that I've seen suit, suit origin stories I, in in movies and things like that. I've always liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it does give me a little kind of a, a little kind of thrill of kind of ooh ooh, there it is, there it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> some lore. Yeah, extra lore. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I like it. This is my favorite bit of Batman Begins with him. Getting the suit yeah. together with uh, yeah. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. How can you not like that? Yeah, exactly. Can you net Lucius? Oh, it's like a doily. It would take it would take make him much less threatening if he turns up and he's like, "I'm Batman." It's like, "Hee, you're so cute." Um, and then Claire mentions to Matt as well that all she remembers from Sunday school is martyrs, and obviously not the French horror film, but the martyrs in the Bible. If anyone's not seen martyrs, the French horror film, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty horrific, <laughs> as in horrifically, hor- you know, horrifying. <laughs> um, what did you think of that? Because I thought the way she said that it was a bit, I mm, I thought it was a bit heavy-handed. Yeah. It was a bit like the only thing I remember is the martyrs, and I was like, "Well, no, like I, I don't know." It just didn't ring true for me. The part well, that if it sounded heavy-handed to me was the "I never said I was a martyr." You didn't have to. Yeah. I also I've, I have questions about the Sunday school. <laughs> if, you, if your takeaway from Sunday school is like the martyrs and not like maybe some stories about Jesus um, or Genesis, like you think you remember something like Noah's Ark? Do you know what I mean? One of the yeah, things exactly. that is taught. I mean, even though that's a horrific story as well, but you know, one of the things that's kind of taught to the kids is like you know, talking snake, Noah's Ark, you know, all the sort of cuddly stuff. Um, if you go to Catholic school though, the 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 martyrs are pretty damn scary. Like true, the, it's true. like all these crazy medieval pictures with like ugh, it's just creepy and these really creepy. That would stick in the mind. That would stick in your mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. So in the next scene, uh, Karen meets Ben and he's angry at her. And did you guys um like the third uh, cast member in this scene? Did any of you guys notice yeah. him? Yeah. The- was- Honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> the swan. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because I, I don't know if you guys have listened to the interview I did with Christos um, Gage and Ruth Fletcher Gage, but they mentioned this as well because they were on set. Yes, episode. They and this swan, that like they kept feeding these swans to get them out of the frame, and this one swan just would not stay out of frame. So every time they talk, it just pops his head up and is like, "Hey, <laughs> look at me." <laughs> what? I didn't yeah, and it's so funny. And a lot of people were like picked up on this swan like in um, online and on Twitter and have like you know been joking about this swan on you know on all these tweets and people are like oh, it's a, it's obviously a spy from Fisk and he's listening to the conversation. <laughs> it was funny because I I had um, when, when I watched the episode through the first time this was my standout moment was seeing the swan kind of like completely mugging the camera. I love it. And, uh, 
I, I thought it was hilarious. And then I was listening through to the podcast uh, yesterday where you had them on and they were talking about that very scene. And I was just laughing my head off because I was thinking, that is just so beautiful. I'm just imagining some poor, you know, PA or runner or something, you know, with the bits of bread, like, done with like, this way, this way. <laughs> and this one's like, screw you, this is my 15 minutes of fame. Hey. <laughs> So now I'm just picturing Fiscus Varys from Game, Game of Thrones. <laughs> they do look alike. Yes, they do. <laughs> spies everywhere. Yes. I just want them to be like, you know, maybe in, in season two of Daredevil or something, they're talking about nefarious stuff going on in the Marvel Universe, and that swan just pops its head up and goes, Hail Hydra, and then pops its head down again. <laughs> you get a close-up oh, of his eye. It has a patch. <laughs> yes. You get a close-up of its eye and what, Matt? And it's like a, a camera. Oh, oh yeah. nice. Spy yeah. camera. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, well, so this maybe one... He's, maybe he's yeah. got one of these, like, little, like, round nuclear device things on its chest, like Iron Man. Yay, the little reactor! Aww. <laughs> I think we need to keep an eye out for this one in Season 2, guys, and just uh, say... Unibeam! <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, the other thing that popped out in this scene for me besides the Amazing Swan um, is... Uh, it really made me, really made me think Swan about, demand. like... Yeah. How, how <laughs> awful Karen oh, oh. did... In the in the last episode, what, how awful that was! The fact yeah. that he, she's like, Doris is on her like, you know, she's about to get kicked out of the hospital, and Karen's like, oh, come with me to go check out this nursing home, and really it's just to get him back into the story, and uh, it's just it's kind of shitty. And also, I mean, yeah. again, skipping ahead to the ending, Wesley says to her, "Oh, and the man that's with you." Mr. Yurik, I presume. So he's now involved as well. They know that right. Ben went as well. So she's put Ben's life in danger. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we Wesley won't be able to tell anyone, sadly. We'll get to that later. Uh, so uh, next scene, Fisk is in hospital and he's talking to Wesley. They've got this doc- special doctor in, Dr. Rosenberg, to uh, help treat Vanessa. Um, and then Fisk basically says that if she recovers, he's going to send her away. And Wesley believes Fisk deserves to get everything he wants. Wesley. And then Fisk says, Fisk says, I thank you. Exactly. Was that a pass at Fisk, by the way, that some of us <laughs> deserve what we want? Was that a pass at him? I don't know. What do you guys think? I what? think, I think He's so smitten. <laughs> yes, I'm, I am going. I am. I have to admit, right now, I am shipping Willsley. That's <laughs> a short ship. I know. I was shipping it yeah. though. <laughs> it's like the Titanic of ships. That that ship has sailed. Oh, Willsley. Yeah, like. But then, but when they find out Vanessa's okay, then Wesley smiles. So he wants Fisk to be happy, but I think he's totally the Smithers to to uh, Fisk's Mr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't get over how Fisk always looks constipated too. He's Aww. always got this look of pain, like strained pain on his face. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. What, uh, I want to hear. I want to hear Wesley's computer come on in with the Wilson Fisk voice. The, oh yeah. Hello, or no, wait. Hello, Wesley. Hello, Wesley. <laughs> You are turning me on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it have been great if in that first episode, you know, when Wesley went and threatened the uh, the prison guard and he gave him like the little iPad, you know, where they were spying the store and he had to turn it on and it did that. And the guy's like, this is weird. Wesley's like, uh, never mind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, we had a little fist so, so if Fisk, if she does wake up and Fisk sends her away, do you think she will perhaps, Claire, go underground? Maybe. <laughs> Wink. Uh-huh. Wink. Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Not saying anything else. Um, <laughs> then we go to Matt in church, and I'm glad we got Father Lantern back because I think he's great. And I really like hey. him. Yeah. I know. He never he never seems to have any parishioners, like ever, apart from that. <laughs> He's a ghost, it's an abandoned church. <laughs> to a bunch of cups of lattes. <laughs> it's just that lattes lined up on the pews. <laughs> yes. Do you think and that like drinks. Matt's gonna go into the church next week and be like, Can I speak to Father Lantum? And then nun's gonna be like, Father Lantum? Ooh. Why? He died <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> And that's going to be like, what? <laughs> yes, he's written in a latte making... The amount of coffee just... that he's... <laughs> yes. Oh, now I'm Isn't thinking... It, the, the, caffeine, the caffeine has brought him back to life. <laughs> or, he, or he died a long time ago and the caffeine's... He's just running on caffeine fumes. And he doesn't it's know just he's... his corpse running on yeah. caffeine. <laughs> he's yep. a zombie. He's a, a zombie. zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Oh. Maybe, maybe uh, the the hands brought him back to life with their ninja coffee powers. Who knows? Um, so I like this scene because Matt is kind of talking about that he feels like he has the devil in him, and also Father Lantern says, "Oh yeah, I totally know that you're this guy. I'm not an idiot. I love yeah. that." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm not stupid." <laughs> It's mm-hmm. great. It's refreshing for him to just. Yeah, go, I'm not quite yeah. sure how you do it, but I know you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think it's it's very refreshing to have like that rather than the priest be a bit of an idiot <laughs> like in the movie. Um, I got, I got very analytical of this this whole scene. Um, I feel like we're this this episode is really setting up not only the costume but the name Daredevil. I mean, he mm-hmm. says, "Why do I feel the devil clawing its way to get out?" I, and I just kind of wrote, um, "So Matt is going to call himself Daredevil because every night he goes." Every night he goes out, he's daring to stray from the path of the righteous, daring the devil to come out, basically. Is, maybe. Well, he maybe also, that's why he calls like, himself that. Well, in, you know, like the previous episode, he said that his his grandmother said that the Murdoch boys have got the devil in them. And then, right. like, we've had other hints, like, um, was it the the Russian guy when they said, who did this to you? And he's like, the devil. So right. and people are calling him the devil of Hell's Kitchen. So there's a few different hints to it. But do you, think Matt, do you think then Matt's going to choose the name for himself, like the Daredevil name? I think well, so. it's better than teenage kids going Daredevil, Daredevil. Like <laughs> it just never worked for me. Yeah, uh, agreed. I like uh, how we basically what we get out of the end of the scene is him, like his internal monologue is probably if I dress as a devil, people might be scared straight. <laughs> and then he's like, I must meditate on this. <laughs> and then we cut him meditating. <laughs> did, Matt, 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 did you notice something happened in the meditation scene? I'll be disappointed if it didn't. Oh, twitchiness. Twitchiness. <laughs> there were many, many twitches. <laughs> silent. <laughs> so many. It was great. Um, and also the, the sort of image of Matt meditating like that is straight out of Brian Michael Bendis' run of Daredevil. Like it's like a Alex Mayleave drawing. Um, so I think they were inspired by that. Um, so he hey, gets Alex Yay Maybe he'll pop up again in the show Wink, wink, wink <coughs> Sorry, that's something in my throat um, So <laughs> he gets his costume on And goes and beats up Turk 
Poor Turk. Why, is he, why does he pick on Turk? Isn't Turk just some guy? He's just some guy, but it's just because we love seeing Turk. I love seeing Turk getting beaten up. It's like one so of my favorite did, things. Did he? Did how did he know to come after the? This guy, how do you know that he had the information he was looking for? Well, he, he knows that Turk, he knows that the Russians obviously were linked with Fisk, right. and he knows that the Russians were doing, like, people trafficking, and in the first episode he uh, beat up Turk to rescue those women. So he knows mm-hmm. that Turk is in some way linked with Fisk. Yes. And there's not that many he's other he's people well he can connected. go and find. He can't go and find the Russians, because they're dead. He can't go and find he, Nobu. Cause and I guess Turk is the... Turk is the yellow pages of the criminal underworld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably knows that he can take on Turk because he's taken him on before, so he knows his weaknesses. Yeah, but so I mean, it's like, easier to beat him up because at this point, Matt's not in any shape to beat anyone up. I'm just yeah. wondering how, why Turk would know about Fisk's tailor. <laughs> I don't know if he knows specifically that it's Fisk's tailor, but he says about body arm, he's like, oh yeah, I know a guy. So he's like, okay. yeah, I know this guy it probably is. But he doesn't, like, be like, oh, yeah, it's definitely this guy that's doing Fisk's arm. You know, like, he just knows that there's this guy. He made me a stiltman suit the other way. The other day. <laughs> yeah? She got to try it on. <laughs> I, oh, I so want to see Stiltman Turk in season two. Because at one point in the comics, guys, Stilt, um, Turk stole Stiltman's armor. If you don't know who Stiltman is, he's a villain um, male who just wears very tall stilts. Lots of thanks. Okay. Really tall that's, that's his power. Never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Turk stole Stiltman's outfit and tried to be Stiltman. I really want to see Turk running around in big stilts in New York. It'd be amazing. I don't understand comics. <laughs> I was happy in this scene that we get, finally we get some action. I mean, the first time I watched this, mm-hmm. it was like maybe 20, 25 minutes in, and it's just been scene after scene of conversations. While I enjoyed them, I was like, so Matt's really hurt, so we're not going to see any, you know, ass-kicking in this episode, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Um, but then finally, <coughs> you know, he just kind of pulls himself together, I guess, does a lot of meditating enough to uh, to beat up beat up Turk a little bit. Yeah. and uh, We were watching a video earlier where uh, they talked about the worst superhero, the worst Marvel superhero ever, and... Uh, his name, have you guys ever heard of the worst Marvel superhero? What's his name? Combo, Combo. Combo Man. Yes, Matt no. sent uh, a picture of <laughs> It's okay. It's in an amalgamation of fit 14 different superheroes. Wow. And basically, it's like he's horizontally striped uh, with all these different superheroes. Matt will send you a picture. And um, he, he gets... He turns into Combo Man. It's this nerdy guy that is a comic book reader, and then when he eats a combo, which is a type of snack from the 90s or something, he turns into what? Combo Man. Combos are still around. Are they? I don't know. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I was going to make a joke related to combos, but that's actually in the lore. That's really funny. He's got, like, Captain America and Punisher chests and, like, whole care. He's got whole care. But there's a video describing what each of his parts are, and it's delightful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. uh, just for an ad campaign, that's... In but the, they actually made a comic series of this yes, guy. Yes, and you know where... It lasted a year. Do you know where the Daredevil part is, Claire? Uh... His Which elbows? No. Nope. The forearms. The forearms. <laughs> really? Oh, before you didn't know, you didn't know it, but his elbows are actually supposed to be carnage because it's the 90s. Oh, like a, wow. Right below the carnage part and above the Spider-Man part is that weird uh, Daredevil oh, it, costume. It's his metal costume. 
Yeah, that's what, what powers would Carnage's elbows have? Like, <laughs> I he's, he's for Carnage's elbows. He's got plates. <laughs> all the senses from Daredevil would obviously be in his forearms. Wow. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a human torch flaming knees. He's got a uh, silver surfer uh, oh, yeah. shins. He's got he's got Gambit's boots for some reason. Uh, you might think that middle part is... Magneto's shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You might think that middle part is Wolverine, but it's actually Sabretooth. <laughs> Wow. I think he uh, might... I think, uh, screw Daredevil, I think I have a new favourite superhero. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. <laughs> wow. That is, a thing, that is a thing of delight. Thank you, guys. I'd never even heard of Combo Man. Um, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to send you the video we watched. We'll put it. Uh, we'll put it up on the Facebook group, and people can be introduced <laughs> to the joy of Combo Man. I will do it now. Combo Man I, TM. <laughs> um, so in the so in the next scene, Fisk gets a call from his mum and asks Wesley. Doesn't answer it. Asks Wesley to call her back for him. Uh, and Leland says that he spoke to Gao and she said that she will stand with them. And then Wesley calls Fisk's mum, and we get his name, James Wesley, and she tells him about the visit. And did you guys at that point go, oh, no? Oh, as soon as the phone started ringing with the the stain on the phone, I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. Fisk needs a contact photo for his mom, because seriously, this is mom. It doesn't even say mom, it just says M. Disdain. Right. But maybe it's because if someone steals his phone, he doesn't want them to connect that to being his mum. Well, you know, it was just a picture of an older lady. It's like, hey, mom, hold still. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, send me. Oh, sorry, that was my Aunt May voice. (laughs) Uh, So in the next scene, Matt breaks into the workshop and has a look around, no pun intended. Um, The shutter door opens, finds the armor fabric, and then Melvin comes in. Drinking his chocolate milk. Aww. And then I love, I, okay guys, I love Melvin so much. <laughs> so <laughs> great. What did you guys think of this? I mean, it gets into cut this scene with, um, uh, I think Wesley leaving the hospital and taking Francis's gun and keys, but then we go back to the fight. So what did you guys think of like this extended fight scene and afterwards? I was so excited. I, I love this. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. At first he seemed, uh, scared. Um, <laughs> And I was like, why are you scared? You're so big. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. This, this whole thing is, is, is the real fighting of, of Daredevil uh, mm-hmm. compared to, you know, what you see in, in so many other things. Where, like you said before, you know, Matt is in severe pain at this point. Mm-hmm. And it probably even, like, go make himself a slice of, oops, make himself a slice of toast or anything. You know, never, never mind actually, you know, getting a fight. And and the fact that he's so much in pain and and oh, it's just you know that every time that you know somebody's connecting, then mm. it's got to be like ripping him apart physically. But even when so, he swings oh. around, when he's like with the chains, and he manages to like do that sort of kind of somersault, I just think oh, because no, his, his scar, his cut is like right on his core muscles, and I just think oh, that mm-hmm. must hurt. Yeah. yeah, I can't even do planking without my core hurting, let alone somersaulting with my head in chains. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how he's still going, really. Because mm. he had a lot of lattes with Father Anthony's fuel. He's running Another caffeine zombie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this uh, 
this Mr. Potter character, he's great. Yeah. He's adorable. I love when the way like Matt talks to him as well afterwards. He's so gentle with him, like it, like with a child, you know. And he's like, he says, mm-hmm. "I'll I'll make sure Betsy's safe," and he asks for a suit from Melvin. He's basically Forrest Gump. Oh, he's, oh, I love. Yeah. I'm wondering if Betsy is imaginary though. <laughs> well, maybe if you um, you'll find out during your Easter eggs. Oh, sweet. Right. Mm. Mm. Nom, 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 nom. Then we go back to Karen. Stop eating our Easter eggs. You already told about them. They've already eaten your share. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I ate all of your Easter eggs from last week. Uh, so Karen <laughs> I'll regurgitate them. I'm going to feed them to you like a baby bird. Here, come here. <laughs> 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 Karen <laughs> finds Foggy at Josie's, and they discuss Matt and... Foggy doesn't want to talk about it. And then we find out that they've already started tearing down Elena's tenement. And it is like they've broken up, because Foggy's like, have you seen Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It's, it's I really actually lucky like that... Uh... <gasps> Mel likes Foggy! Woo! Whoa! I like, I like depressed, depressed oh. Foggy. It's kind of enjoyable, because he's not wisecracking anymore. I, I feel like, like making a mix of when we release this episode, I should be playing playing Beethoven's Ode to Joy, and then just have you over the top saying, I like Foggy in this scene. It's like, la, 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 la. Just, just it's because so it's happy. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wisecracking. That's the only reason. Okay. <laughs> it's lucky that uh, Fisk is having Vanessa problems, because, uh, you know, with Nelson versus Murdoch here, they're not really focusing too much on saving the neighborhood. Meanwhile, Karen's, like, running around, like, what's wrong with you Everyone, guys? yeah. When Wesley went off to go do something, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna he's gonna kill Ben or do something to Karen." And I was trying to figure out who he was gonna come after. I was like, "Probably Ben." Then he went after Karen. I was like, "Dang it!" I was <laughs> so wrong. Were you guys oh, surprised then when she was jumped? You know, I wasn't. You know, he she she talks to she talks. She's. I, I was thinking myself. Oh my god, she's talked to Matt. She's talked to Foggy. She's on the phone thanking Ben. I was actually worried she was gonna it's get like, killed it's off. It's a goodbye. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, uh-oh, this is it. She's just said all her goodbyes to all of the characters, and now she's going away forever. The next episode, we see Matt staring sadly at that balloon, you know? Or not staring, <laughs> oh. you know what I mean? <laughs> Seeing it in a, in, a, in a world of fire. <laughs> a fiery balloon. Matt gets a t-shirt that says, I came to Hell's Kitchen and met Karen Page, and all I got was this lousy monkey balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that will be a Defenders shirt if anybody wants to book pre-order. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're picking that up. <laughs> yep, well, I want it. <laughs> um, so, Fisk at Vanessa's bedside. I-, I love this scene so much. I think I think Fisk is so like Vincent D'Onofrio is so good in this scene where he's talking about he doesn't know how to pray and he's saying you know he just knows how to do. An, it, it was always an imitation of faith but that whoever poisoned her is going to suffer. And it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. uh, I don't know how to pray. I only know how to take revenge. It's such a weird dichotomy, though, isn't he? Like, he's I love like it. man-boy Fisk. Yeah. He's kind of like the, the like him and him and Melvin are like the good and bad versions of each other. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're both really childlike, but you know, but Fisk is like just so much darker. I don't know. Whereas Melvin just wants his chocolate milk and Betsy. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Mm. 
So Karen wakes up in a warehouse and Wesley is there. Tell me about this scene, guys. So, so good. I love Wesley so much in this scene. He's he's amazing. I love him in this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. This was his moment to shine. Admittedly, the shine kind of paled a little bit at the end. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) Oh wow, yeah. There was there's just that kind of underlying friendly menace, mm. you know. Oh, it's just yeah. He, he, he although Fisk is chilling in a in that kind of like overtly menacing sort of way, Wesley's got his own brand of menace that mm-hmm. is kind of it's a more conniving kind of you know under the surface level menace. It's it's oh, it was very creepy. I find, I find him scarier in this scene than Wilson Fisk has ever been. Yes. Mm. Yes. Except that he was really dumb. Except that he is a uh, is a uh, muscle memory reflex when the phone rings. <laughs> was his undoing? <laughs> he, or he just really underestimated Karen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't do you know. think? Because think... she says, "Do you think they really think this is the first time I've shot someone?" What do you guys think? Bluff. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Bluff. Yeah. Uh, and also, how? So, were you guys? surprised like what did you guys think do you really think she was going to get killed here or were you surprised that Wesley got shot because I was like because oh! I loved Wesley so much at this point I was so like shocked and upset that Wesley was killed mm. yeah when he when he said I'm not going to kill you I'm going to offer you a job or whatever I thought she was just going to you know get let go and then she'd yeah. be all stressed and she'd have to you mm. know stop That's investigating thought, yeah. and then somebody would have to you know urge her back into it and all that but yeah, yeah it's like psychological it. torture. Like I, I, I'm going to show you how easy I can, you know, wipe you out, and then just let you go, and you're going to spend the rest of your life looking over your shoulder. You know, and that's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, he made two mistakes. He told her that he's the only one who knows about this so far, mm-hmm. and he <laughs> threatened. He threatened everyone she knows. So yes, but the mother still knows, and the mother might remember. Yeah, she she made her call. She doesn't need, need to. She might want to talk to Fisk, and Fisk will find out that his like Fisk knows that his mother called. He doesn't know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, so. maybe. Yeah, and Karen knows now that. Well, I was gonna say Karen knows now that the mother told Wesley. So now Karen's gonna go back to that nursing home and take her out. You think <laughs> to dinner? To dinner for a nice dinner. To say hi. Don't tell anybody <laughs> else. Poison dinner. Poison dinner. <laughs> the delicious. It's not. How? It's not very homey. I promise. How do you think Fisk is gonna react to finding oh. out that Wesley's died? Is he gonna find out that Wesley died? He's gonna find out, and it's gonna be awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he finds out like, that. The, Oh, sorry, he's just going to be like, why aren't you answering your phone? You're fired. And then he's just going to, like, Aww. forget about <laughs> What if he finds out that the reason that Wesley died is because he phoned him up? Because that's the reason he died. It's because Fisk phoned him up and Wesley Aww. went for the phone. That's really sad. I don't know how we would figure that out. I don't know. Or do you guys think that Wesley is not dead because we do have that body armor, remember? He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> When I was having a chat um, with uh, Toby Leonard Moore, who plays Wesley via uh, Facebook chat a while ago, he said that he uh, he screamed when he read that, that scene when he got killed. He actually screamed and was worried that he woke up his neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> screamed like a girl? Screamed like, no. Uh, yeah, he fell to his knees and went, no, like Darth Vader. <laughs> Aww. So, oh, there come the police to collect his body. 
PPOS. <laughs> Sorry, if anyone but doesn't I know, I live next to a hospital, so that's probably an ambulance. Yeah, but I didn't like how Karen, uh, as soon as she shot him, she, like, panics and wipes the table, but doesn't wipe the chair or anything. She could have very well grabbed the underside of the chair or, you know, wipe everything around you and then leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like she I think caught. she's a bit panicked. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I just, just feel like... killed somebody. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. No, but I... I could also throw in the presence of mind to even do that, because, you yeah. know... My my initial reaction would be to like well either fall in a quivering blubbering heap on the floor or <laughs> just like run like, the wind. Yeah, mine too. So to actually stop for I a second and and like urinating. <laughs> I would just be like, stream blowing freely. <laughs> well, maybe she has shot someone before. Mm. Maybe she's not actually mm. Karen Page. That's an assumed name, and she killed the real Karen Page. <gasps> No, maybe not. <laughs> so, what? so that was the episode. Um, I didn't even say oh, the name uh, of the episode was, we were covering. So there was something else in here. Um, oh, so if you wanted to say the name of the episode, go right ahead. Oh, it was um, the Path of the Righteous. Yes. I was um, very proud. Then, I was very proud that Karen wiped all the prints too. Sorry. No, she ahead. didn't wipe them enough though. Mm, I don't know. Not enough. Ben is looking at an old photo of uh, Wilson. I'm assuming Wilson's family uh, uh, apartment building, maybe, Mm -hmm. and seeing Bill's Bill Fist's campaign sign in the window. I'm just kind of wondering what that's leading to. Like, is that Mm -hmm. more evidence of some sort? I have no idea. Um, I thought maybe it means that he thinks that there is actually more. Like, maybe there is more to the story. It just kind of got him thinking because he looked into it after Karen said. Um, because obviously that's the name of the guy that Fisk killed. So maybe he's going to look into Bill Fisk and find out about him. Right. Also, okay. I was I was sad that we're we're not probably going to hear about Wesley's origin, how Wesley became uh, to, to, came to work for Wilson, unless we see like an older Wilson flashback. Oh, the whole of the next episode is just about Wesley. Yay! Oh. It's a, a it's a Wesley flashback episode. episode of Daredevil. It, it's <laughs> about how he um, used to be in a punk band, and that's why he's got his ears pierced. Um, and then he he met Fisk <laughs> at a Violent Femmes concert, and they became good friends. And uh, oh, and uh, nice. yes, and, and, and then they danced together all and, night to Blister in the Sun, and it was great. Yes, and we know by jumping up and down, and we know by his arcade etiquette that he used to be a pinball wizard too. Oh yeah, he was totally a pinball oh. wizard. He was in a production of Tommy by the Who. Uh, in his acting <laughs> days, that's why he moved to New York to become an actor and hit Broadway. And, uh, yeah, and that's his origin story. It's going to be next week, guys. It's really cool. We get to see little Wilson Fisk again and then running around the streets of New York like little newsies. Aw. <laughs> great. <laughs> I thought it was also very effective how the phone rings into the credits. Yeah. As the credits are going. Yeah, yeah I like that. That's all, all I had. Uh, so are you guys ready to go back in time a week? To climb into my DeLorean, go back in time one week to last week's Easter eggs. They're not very exciting Easter eggs, I'm afraid, but anyway. So obviously last week we got a mention of the Greek girl, which is obviously a reference to Electra Electra. Who they have confirmed will be in season two. Electric Naturals will be in season two. In the boardroom of Landman and Zach, they mention the company that um, 
is filing the is is uh, filing a countersuit against the guy that's uh, the claimant who's sort of sick is uh, Roxon R O X X O N who are a kind of shady evil corporation of Marvel Universe who've also been mentioned in the Iron Man movies and in Agent Carter so we know they go back to the 40s at least so that was quite cool that they put that in um what else oh at the fundraiser we meet senator randolph cherry who we previously discussed in i think the episode before and um owsley mentions uh van lunt is obsessed with astrology and obviously as i previously mentioned van lunt was the um villain known as taurus in the comics and it's his name on the office of nelson and murdoch Hmm. and those Uh, are your easter eggs for last week about a couple other ones. I just looked at my notes here. Um, uh, in Foggy's dorm room, there's a team called the Bolts and a baseball player named Harris. I didn't know if that was a nod to anything. But maybe well, I know so much about sport that obviously I know what that is a reference to. Uh, Comic book meaning, sports. Meaning I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I didn't um, know, like, the Bolts. Or... Well, when I've looked at things about all the Easter eggs spotted, like people have spotted really obscure ones, um, no one's mentioned those, so I, I okay. don't know. Um, if I see, if if anyone like, updates it or whatever, I'll let you guys know, but yeah, I've not seen anything on that. I don't know. I was too, you know, um, invested in listening to Drops of Jupiter in that scene, singing along. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me! Tell me! <laughs> Alright, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> so would you like your Easter eggs for this week, or are you too full? Oh, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Oh no! Hold hold it in there, Matt. Get a vomit bucket just in case. Matt, just just purge and then come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in when Matt breaks into Potter's workshop, he you get a brief shot as he enters of a design on the um, on the table that he's obviously working on, uh, as in Melvin Potter. It's blue and yellow, and that is Gladiator's chest symbol. And in the comics, uh, Melvin Potter is the Gladiator. Gladiator. So was he going to take on Fisk himself? He was like, maybe maybe I'll become a superhero and take on Fisk. And then he's like, oh, you're going to do it? I don't have to anymore. Yeah, I (laughs) I don't know, maybe. Uh, At one point as well, which this, uh, the first time I watched this made me squee very hard. Um, During the fight with Matt, uh, Melvin throws a saw blade at Matt, which embeds in the wall, I think. And in the comics, Gladiator wears throwable saw blades on his arms. So that's like his signature weapon. That's gruesome. That's cool. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Cool. I don't know why they make that noise, the sound of a blaster from Star Wars, (laughs) but in my brain they do. Uh, And then one last thing, we get a mention of Betsy, which is Betsy Beatty. She's a social worker. She first appeared in Daredevil number 166, which is a Frank Miller issue, obviously, because they're taking a lot of inspiration from Frank Miller. And in the comics, uh, Melvin Potter is absolutely besotted with her. And that's all your Easter eggs for this week, guys. You nice and full? Yeah. Turgid. (laughs) So now (laughs) it is time for quotes. Uh, Ian, would you like to go first? As you are special guest. Oh, can I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to see you this year. Um, Foggy, can you do it with your inside voice? (laughs) I love it. I actually have the one after that, because... Uh, doesn't he say something like, can you do it with your inside voice without speaking or something, without moving your mouth? Yes, like that. no words, yeah. And then, uh, <coughs> where is the quote she says? I have it somewhere. Uh, oh, and then uh, Marcy says, that's a very arsehole thing to say. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
Um, I have a quote oh, from oh, the great, oh. from the great Leland. And what? She said she was deeply saddened and quoted a fortune cookie or some mystical shit. There's <laughs> <laughs> so many good quotes in this episode. So <laughs> uh, Matt, my my personal favorite line. I think Matt's fallen asleep. Mel, do you have any? What? Do you have any quotes? Okay, well, I only have one. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have? Go on. I just don't want to take Mel's if she only has one as well. I have. All, all I've got is the second half of the balloon thing is uh, just. Oh, it, the full thing. It, it's got a monkey on it. I've got the, <laughs> the balloon. Yeah, I've got the whole thing. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. It's got a monkey on it. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> well, I have, I have another one too. But. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next? Robin, do you have any others? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't very nice. <laughs> Oh, that's why. Mr. Fish gonna be mad. He gonna hurt her. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ian, do you have any more? Um, Karen to Foggy, you're a dick. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> sweet. I have one by Father Lantern, which is confession latte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got uh, I got one from Matt. Go for the knife in your boot. I break your leg. Go for the backup piece tucked <laughs> behind your belt. I throw you off the roof. We good? <laughs> what do I look like? Yeah. A public damn library? Okay. Any other uh, questions? I, I, I like one more. But Fisk's. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> I've always yeah. wanted to say that to someone. <clears throat> Karen uh, hasn't say- gotten a quote yet in this uh, in this podcast, so I'll do. If you're gonna kill me, just do it. I'm sick of listening to your bullshit. Yeah, go Karen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have one more, which is, what do you want me to make? A symbol. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I leapt up and down. I was cheering. I was whooping. I was hollering. I was dancing. I was throwing confetti in the air. Yeah. Oh, that uh, one more Leland. One more from Leland, and I'll stop. Um, how is she? Is she uh still with us? <laughs> <laughs> just want to listen to get back to work. Yeah. He's just, uh, <laughs> so, do you guys? So, Matt obviously thinks that it was Leland. Um, Mel and Robin, who do you think poisoned the glasses? Leland. No. Leland. Mel. Yeah. Robin. Uh, it was not Leland. Um, it might have been uh, Madame Gao working independently from Leland, uh, but without Leland. You guys knowledge. are all going to be so surprised when you find out it was actually the Swan. It was the swan. Kaka! <laughs> 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 the swan's car. <laughs> the swan oh, just winks at the camera at the end of the series. Ding! <laughs> it's me all along. Finally. <laughs> a little picture of us. <laughs> so now it is time for feedback. Uh, yes. So we have a email. It's quite long. Um, which is about last week, I believe. Uh, oh no, hang on. Oh yeah, it is about last week. Does someone want to read this? It is quite long, so we can split it up if you want. But it's from Elizabeth, and she, she took a lot of time to write it on Facebook, so I was like, yep, if we have time, we will read it. I'm happy to read a long email, or Mel can too, whatever. Okay. <laughs> well, it is very long, so you can, if you if you need a break, if your your throat is, uh, yeah, if your throat is seizing uh, up, I'm just going to copy it. Tag Mel in halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, okay, here we go. Let's do this it. is from Elizabeth on Facebook. There you go. 
It's always divided in clear sections. Oh, yeah. it starts off asking me a question, too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Sweet. ...that he was going to shake it off after the beating he took last episode. I think he requested three episodes of Recovery Time, which made me laugh because I had already seen this one. By the way, due to your podcast, the other drivers on my commute probably think of a total luck case due to my laughing and or yelling at my car's radio while driving down... Highway. That's okay, though. They previously thought I was nuts due to the singing. Thank goodness I'm not in a carpool. (laughs) This was by far my favorite episode of the whole season, although the Fisk's minion losing faith plotline is okay, and Karen conning Ben into continuing to research the story plotline was interesting. The interplay between Foggy and Matt are the whole reason I'd give this episode a 10. Ten grande avocados. I'm sure someone already <laughs> took that one, but I thought I'd throw that in there just in case. In fact, I would have been happy if it was just the Foggy and Matt show for the entire episode. Um, Foggy's feelings of betrayal are understandable since they've been best friends for so long, and he has looked up to Matt all this time, even to the point of changing his career direction based on Matt's influence. I wish they had more time to get into some of the details that fell between scenes, like Matt explaining more about what he really could or couldn't see in the background on his mm. journey into becoming a vigilante. But they had already covered some of that with his conversations with Claire or Stick, so I can see why they didn't want to waste time going over information they'd already covered. By the way, wearing glasses for most of my life has given me many, how many fingers am I holding up moments? So I sympathize with Matt on that one, although thankfully my friends usually used different fingers. <laughs> Um, I'll read one more paragraph now. Um, I love the scenes when both one or both of them were crying. I don't know what that says about me, but it had me tearing up too. It probably it's probably because men rarely cry, but the scenes showing men so emotional that they can't help crying gets me every time. And the fact that it was because of the relationship, not because someone died, makes it even more interesting. Foggy thinks him capable of blowing up buildings and killing people. And when Foggy leaves, sigh, it got me in the feels. All right. Well, yep. Uh, <laughs> my, my favorites, however, were the flashback scenes. And not just because that is the first time in the series we see Matt clean-shaven. Wow, he looks so young without a five o'clock or later shadow. <laughs> I didn't love Foggy's hair. No news there. Ow, Matt. Matt. Sorry, what did I do? You smushed my hand. Sorry. <laughs> Ow. Um, sorry. That's alright. <laughs> I thought it was feedback still. I thought you were like, ow, Matt. I was like, whoa, what did you do in the episode? No, not. I like, my hand when you got off. <laughs> um, alright, where was I? Uh, <laughs> Five o'clock shadow, I think. I didn't love Foggy's hair, no news there, but they were in college, and a bu- bunch of my friends looked like they belonged on Grizzly Adams back then, too. <laughs> Matt and Foggy's first meeting was great. I like that Foggy is from Hell's Kitchen too. Got your peepers knocked out saving that old guy. Even though based on the comic books, I always assumed that he was from the suburbs or another state, maybe Massachusetts. It was great that Foggy immediately treated Matt like everyone else, and you could see Matt's appreciation of that. My favorite, my very favorite scene is the drunk walk through campus, though. It had it all: friendly goofing on each other, Easter eggs, Electra. Re- <laughs> Who scenes were insiders to Matt's first drink? Matt laughing so hard he was hopping, hopping yes. up and down. Yoda imitations, accidental slips about his powers, because my senses are so. Oops. 
<laughs> and planning for the future together. Nelson and Murdoch, trust me, I can't see worth shit, but my hearing is spectacular. Yes. The internship flashback was interesting, and the scene in the bar we, where we get to see Foggy draw out their future sign was great, too. But the two college scenes are my favorite for repeat viewings. Don't ask how frequently, that's between me and Netflix. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that Karen's immediate response upon, upon hearing that Matt was in a car accident was to ask if he was driving? That, <laughs> <laughs> that was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> there was Did one part of... What? Sorry? I was going to say, really, Karen? No, sorry. <laughs> there was one part of this episode that bugged me, and it took a few viewings and listening to an interview on Scratch the Surface with E.J. Scott to make me realize why. At the beginning of the episode, when Matt first wakes up, about 50 seconds in, it looks like he glances down, and then the focus switches to show bloody bandages on the floor. That scene bothered me, but I couldn't figure out why. During the interview, someone who worked on the show, I can't remember who, said that the directors usually plan out sight lines so they can film scenes focused on an actor, and then again from the actor's point of view. Then they edit the versions together to flip back and forth so you can see what the character is looking at and their reaction to it. However, in Daredevil, they didn't have to do that with Charlie Cox since Matt wouldn't have any sight lines. It wasn't until I heard the interview and then rewatched the scene that I realized that the way it was cut seems like you were looking at the floor from his point of view. I suspect it was an oversight, pun intended. As far as I can tell, Robin, for you, as far as I can tell, I didn't do that anywhere else in the entire series. <laughs> That's it for this episode. I look forward to hearing your views. By the way, Claire, I'm now recognizing twitches of suppressed violence on other shows. Yay! I've, I've, been, I've been on a criminal minds kick for the last few weeks, and season 9, episodes 1 and 2 have a character who frequently makes those twitches. It made me laugh every time he did it. Probably not what the director and actor intended. Have a great week. And it's not done. By the way, my husband <laughs> finally showed interest in watching Daredevil last week. So I graciously volunteered to watch them again with him. What a sacrifice. Yeah. You know to keep him company since he hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, no real arm twisting there. He knew I'd already watched them repeatedly. We just finished number 10 on Wednesday, so I was fresh from the podcast, including the non-foggy Matt scenes that may not have not gotten as many rewatchings. The podcast was a fun listen as always. <gasps> Thanks, Elizabeth. <laughs> I like, well, I like getting just my... single-handedly doubled the length of this podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like getting my, uh, you know, giving you guys hard work to do. Okay, so now we've got a voicemail from Woo. Woo! First of all, I have to say this. I love the character we went out with before, and I love him even more in this episode. I love that he's how much he doesn't care about what's going on in the story of this episode. He doesn't care about Wesley. He doesn't care about Vanessa. He doesn't care about Wilson. All he cares about is money and the business that goes along with it. And in a series that is all about multifaceted characters and multifaceted motivations, it's kind of nice to have a character that has tunnel vision no pun intended, and only cares about one thing and one thing only. I think this is a staple of Marvel and of all the characters that Stan Lee has, a, has a, had a hand in creating. That's a really easy thing for me to say. It's a staple within the Marvel Universe to always have the main characters, the heroes in particular, doubt themselves and doubt their motivations for why they do the things they do. And I think my favorite episodes of the 
my favorite scenes in the series, sorry, are between Matt and his priest. And I love the idea that Matt doesn't want to stop like he said in the previous episode, but he still wants to know why he's doing these almost barbaric things to bad people, but they're still people nonetheless. And he's wondering why should he continue to go? And I think... And I think the priest is right. The reason he keeps going back to that church is because he's trying to find a, a way to keep himself to not turn into one of the bad guys. And I really like that the priest isn't stupid. He knows what's going through Matt's mind, even if Matt never says it to the priest directly. On a side note, Matt, I, I remember what he said about the MCU and you're not wanting it to be so interconnected. Now that I've thought about it for the last few weeks, I understand why you say that, because if it's so interconnected, then it kind of takes away some uniqueness in the writing in terms of some of these characters. If everything is so tightly interconnected, then it's, you know, then you can't straighten and do your own thing. Even Guardians of the Galaxy later will tie into the Avengers. I won't say where for the people that haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, really. But even that will tie into the Avengers sooner or later. I understand why you say that. Also, Matt, and this, and this is you and I talking, Matt, you might want to just check into Mel's background because her being so negative and her just leaving in the middle of the podcast last week got me thinking, Mel's real last name could be Mel Von Strucker. Maybe, maybe Mel's hydromet. You might want to look into that. If she's snoring, she might not be snoring. She might be saying this, fucking suck. Fucking suck. I love how big of a man child Melvin Potter is, and I love how even Matt's taken aback by the way Mel behaves, or the way, by the way, I got Mel on the brain, the way Melvin behaves, and, um, I don't know if you mentioned this in the Easter eggs, Claire, but what is that industries on the saw blade that Melvin throws at the man in, at the man in the mask? What is that he throws in Because it's just industries, but the industry starts with a K. What did that say, and what is that in reference to, if you can say that on the podcast without giving away any spoilers? I was so sad to see Wesley go, unless that was our life model decoy of Wesley, or maybe they can use the Tahiti project for reasons of shield to bring Wesley back one day. Um... But in, but in all seriousness, this was the finest performance of that performer that played Wesley. I loved his scene with Karen. And I love how Deborah Ann Wolf is in this scene, too. Because she was just nailed with chloroform. She's still disoriented, but she's still toe-to-toe with Wesley in terms of wit and in terms of stats. And I just love how... Wesley never really changes his inflection and never really shifts to anything. He's still the same guy. And I love how he knows that how much Fisk needs him, and that's why he's so loyal to Fisk. I still want to know their backstory, though, with Wesley and Fisk, because I have to believe that either Wesley helped Fisk out when, after he was sent away by his mother, or Fisk helped Wesley out. 
when they were younger. I have been assuming it's either or. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Love the podcast. Thanks, Woo. Thanks, Woo. Well, seeing as Mel... Mel, you have any responses? Mel said that she was in my head today, so she could well be Hydra. I mean, last week we discussed she might be the Spider-Man villain, the chameleon, but I think Mel might also be working for Hydra. Mel, do you want to say? You know what, guys? I have nothing to say because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) 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 Mel, Mel, are you here with nefarious, um, for, for nefarious reasons? It was it was funny though. I don't know why I would be whispering <laughs> things in my sleep instead of snoring. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Anything. I don't know why these changes in my body is hap- are happening. I'm, I must be going through puberty or something. I'm not as much of a as I thought I was. You're going through egg puberty. Who is noticing? I think Wu is noticing these changes. No, she's been affected by the terrorists. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about again. Why are you guys doing this to me? <laughs> Poor Mel. Uh, we got one last email from Heidi. Ian, would you like to read this in your lovely accent? Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. So, she says, Hey guys, I remember suspecting Leland as soon as he started making a big deal about having a drink in his hand. Not a very good cover. Matt sitting in his apartment holding his balloon is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Caprice is not an idiot, although Matt wasn't exactly stealthy about his mission. I call this episode Karen's Worst Day. She really has it rough (laughs) in this one. She's the only one who has any hope that they will bring down Fisk at this point, and she can't keep it going on her own. And to top it all off, she gets kidnapped and has to kill Wesley. And the poor body armor guy, I felt bad for him when he was crying about Betsy. And we finally get to see where the suit will come from. What did Ben find, and will it help? Do you think Karen has shot someone before? <coughs> nope. <laughs> what will Fisk do without Wesley? Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, what will Fisk do without Wesley? He would sit at home crying and singing all by myself, I reckon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was our feedback. Now it's time to score this episode. Uh, Ian, do you want to go first, as you are the special guest? Oh, thank you. Um, I am going to, just because of the ending and how satisfying it was, that whole bit with um, with uh, Wesley's demise, I'm going to give nine bullet holes to the chest. Oh, <laughs> oh Wesley. Okay, uh, Mel? Sure, I actually like this episode a lot. Yay, and you uh, like Foggy. Say it clearly so I can record it for the record. I, I did not like Foggy in the... <laughs> Part where he's, it was like the, whatever, he went back to that gross bitch. Nah. Um, <laughs> but I did, I did like him in that scene with Karen at, uh, whatever that bar is. Dozies. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 sluggish pupils. <laughs> uh, Matt? 9 out of 10? Yes. Wow. Don't oh. argue with her score, Robin. I liked it, I said That's I liked like- it. The second nine this season. Only two so far, but wow. Okay. Have they been lower, you mean? Uh, she she hardly gives nines. That's oh, you're talking, <laughs> I, oh, I don't think I gave a nine before. Oh, you're talking about Mel specifically. Yeah, you, you gave oh, uh, Speak of the Devil a nine. But everything I, else has got an uh, eight and lower, yeah. Whatever. I, I, I'm encouraging I, it. I like it better than the other, whatever other episodes, so maybe I should give it a 9.5. Although, really, that scene with Marcy? That was very <laughs> short. Yeah. So that, that's where the point five can come off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked it, too. Um, 
I liked all the time we got to spend with Wesley. We got he got to he got to get all his feelings out for us before he was you know his smither like feelings. Yes, um, and he he was actually very scary compared to Wilson. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Perforated professionals. <laughs> Robin. Um. Yeah, the first half of the episode had some good talky talkies, and I liked it. But you know, I didn't appreciate Fisk just sitting in the hospital the entire episode. Um, we did have uh, some great stuff uh, with Matt possibly uh, uh, getting his suit together. Um. But again, not a lot of not a lot of action. We had a great great scene at the end though with uh, Karen and Wesley, and I think that's what really saved it for me. Also, you know, much like uh, and I'm going to refer to another podcast. Maybe some people don't know, but much like uh, when Gabby sees the bronze in, uh, in on an episode of Buffy when they're doing potential cast, I I, I almost feel like I have to give an additional point wherever we see Josie's <laughs> in <the laughs> Daredevil. Um, so really, that that adds up to me uh, 8.5 missing secretaries. Oh. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I really like this episode. Um, I particularly love, I think the scene at the end between Wesley and Karen is fantastic, and I love that it kind of fleshes out Wesley's character, who's kind of unreadable throughout the entire show, um, and you get to sort of be really fascinated by him even more, and then they kill him, and it's like, oh, um, and it's Karen that kills him. I think that's a really cool development for her character. Um, I think they, I wish there was more action going on with Fisk, um, but it's made up for, I think, by the stuff with um, Matt and Melvin. I love that scene, all the scenes between them. We get a really good fight as well, as all the fights are great in the show. So I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 stealth swans. Hey. Why don't you speak hey. to Melvin now? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do Melvin from now on if you want now. Okay. My brain was stuck on Matt and Melvin. What was your score, Claire, so I can put it down? Nine out of ten stealth swans. Nine out of ten, okay. Uh, so the average of this episode is uh, 9.1, the uh, second uh, highest ranked uh, episode of this season. Uh, probably because uh, Matt and Mel were very Matt and Melvin, sorry, were very generous this week. What was the highest uh, ranked one? Cutman, nine point uh, five. Because it's the best. Love that episode. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, now it is time for me to thank our lovely guest Ian, and for you to pimp yourself across the airway. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well. Uh, so where can people you, find you if you want? To if you want to hear more ramblings from me, um, I co-host the Sherlock podcast on the DBMP. Uh, so if you look it up on the DBMP uh, website, dbmp.com, you can find us there or in iTunes. Uh, I also co-host uh, the Better Call Saul podcast. I do uh, weekly contributions to the Game of Thrones podcast on there. Um, you can see my handiwork all over dbmpe.com because I built it <laughs> and made all the logos that are on it. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. Uh, I'm at Ian McKinnon. That's Ian with two I's, I-A-I-N. Um, and, yeah, that's that's about it. And if you're in the UK, you can occasionally see me on um, on BBC Awapo, which is the, uh, the Gaelic um, language BBC station that uh, oh, people probably see. 
Do you not? No, I don't think so. No. I don't garlic. think so. Well, it's probably garlic. <laughs> the garlic channel. <laughs> Vampires really hate it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to read. Also, I don't watch TV, Ian, so maybe we do have it, but I very rarely watch television. Uh, I understand you have to go because there's a big um, eye sign in the sky and your uh, graphic powers are needed elsewhere and you have to fly away. So it was lovely to have you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we will speak it to you soon. It has been an absolute delight to be on here with you guys. I've been enjoying the show so much. I've been enjoying the podcast so much. So, uh, yeah, it's been a real privilege to be here. Well, thank you. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye. Okay, so does anyone else have anything they want to pimp out they've been up to this week? Um, uh, yeah, if you wanted to listen to the uh, iZombie podcast, on, we just released, uh, probably by by this point, we'll have a uh, iZombie podcasters roundtable that's coming Ooh. out as a special episode this week. I invited some other iZombie podcasters onto our show, and we discussed season one. This is probably going to be like our last episode uh, until uh, we get some news from San Diego Comic-Con. But, uh, yeah, iZombie podcast still going. Nice. Matt and Mel? Uh, Hooplecast, podcast about Deadwood, What We Make, Terminator podcast, and Twin Peaks podcast. Are you guys for the um, What We Make? Are you going to be covering Terminator Genesis? Which is I coming out so, soon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. oh, cool. Uh, I look. I will probably listen to your review of it rather than see the film. <laughs> I'll be there uh, for that. <laughs> um, okay, so if you want to contact our podcast, uh, like our lovely feedbackers did this week, you can reach us by email at defenderspod at gmail dot com. Please put the um, name or number of the episode in your subject line. Um, you can reach us, and when I say us, I mean me, on Twitter at at defenderspod. Um, we're on Facebook under the Defenders Podcast, and we should talk about what we're going to cover next week. So next week's episode is called The Ones We Leave Behind. What do you guys think it's going to be about? We've only got two episodes left, guys. Oh, my God. Hmm. The ones we left. Well, I guess it's going to be about Wilson Fisk crying. <laughs> over <laughs> Over spilt Wesley blood. <laughs> yep. So what do you think? How, yeah, how do you think he's going to react to this? Tears. It's going to be an episode following Wesley in Purgatory. Aww. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be talking about the ones he left behind. Aww, that's pretty sad. That sounds it's hilarious. Can we talk about his love? That's his good. love, Wilson Fisk. That's right. It's going to divert right. very much from Daredevil entirely, and it's yeah. going to be all about you two's All That You Can Leave Behind uh, tour. Oh, sure. no, I don't want to see that. Ah. <laughs> It's, it should be it should be an episode of all like Wesley flashbacks about how it, you know he tried to ask Wilson Fisk out on a date and he could never oh, get to it. Oh no! That's I don't know why all my ideas are upsetting to you. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I said there's going to be a flashback where um, where Wilson uh, meets uh, Wesley and Wesley's going to say, "Call me Jimmy," and Wilson's Wilson's going to go, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would she say no? Because he calls him Wesley. Oh, fair enough. Well, everyone calls him Wesley. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I guess it's just him. I guess uh, Fisk's mum calls him James. Oh, okay, well, that's what we will be covering next week. Um, Ian is gone, so we get to do the Excelsior. So who wants to do it? Shall oh, I do it? I don't think I've done Oh, yeah, let's all yeah, do, yeah, it. do it. Yeah, do it. Okay, what, just me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, ready? 
Excelsior! That's my Aunt May Excelsior. Yay! Yay! Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!